Thank you for listening to TMA's Practice Well podcast. TMA, helping you improve the health of all Texans. Did you know that you can claim CME credits for many of the TMA Practice Well podcast episodes? Just go to www.texmed.org forward slash CME to go. That's www.texmed.org forward slash CME. T-O-G-O, to register for your episode and follow the instructions to claim CME. Policies and standards at the Texas Medical Association, the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, and the American Medical Association require that speakers and planners for continuing medical education activities disclose any relevant financial relationship they may have with commercial entities whose products devices, or services may be discussed in the context at the CME activity. The planners and speakers for this program have nothing to disclose. Please be advised that the information and opinions presented as part of this program should not be used or referred to as primary legal sources and does not replace the advice of your healthcare attorney nor should the information and opinions presented as part of this program be construed as establishing medical standards of care for the purposes of litigation, including expert testimony. The standard of care is dependent upon the particular facts and circumstances of each individual case, and no generalization can be made that would apply in all cases. I'm Terry Diebler, a TMA Practice Management Consultant. I have over 25 years of experience managing medical practice operations and creating high-functioning teams. I've led teams in small one-doctor practices, as well as large teams with 18 physicians and more than 100 support staff. I am excited about the many ways we can help our members at TMA, but I'm especially passionate about helping Texas physicians reach their goals, and create an environment that fosters compassion, efficiency, and excellence. Today, I'm going to be talking about performance evaluations and performance coaching. Before you can evaluate a member of your team, you want to be sure you have conveyed performance expectations. Good communication is key and starts with a job description and policies and procedures. It continues with daily huddles before the start of clinic, and even newsletters, emails, and daily affirmations. All great ways to communicate and engage with your team. We all want to keep our team engaged and working at their highest level. And another way to do that is to be engaged yourself, not just in daily patient care, but engaged in how you can help your team function at a high level, both individually and collectively, to make those patient daily visits flow smoothly, no matter what comes their way. In a previous episode, we talked about creating a high-functioning team and motivating them to stay at that level. In this episode, we will discuss several ways to keep the team firing on all cylinders. 
Performance evaluations and performance coaching are great tools to accomplish this. Let's first discuss the performance evaluations. Consider having a broader structure for your 90-day or your probationary period evaluations. Base it on performance categories, not job-specific tasks or skills. An example would be work quality. What is the quality of the work they do? Work quantity. What's the quantity of the work they do within a specified time period? Cooperation. How well do they get along with their coworkers, supervisors, managers, vendors, etc.? Capacity to develop. Have they demonstrated the ability to see the bigger picture? Are they likely to be one of your high performers? Attendance and reliability. Have they missed any days or do they arrive on time every day? You can use a scoring system that's based on meeting, exceeding, or falling below the expectations for these categories for someone in their position and for the experience level they brought to the position. To further explain, if you hired a bank teller to work the reception desk with no experience in a medical environment, would you have the same expectation of that team member at 90 days as someone who was hired with 10 plus years of experience at the front desk of another family medicine practice? List their strengths and areas for improvement on the evaluation form. When delivering the evaluation, ask them if they have all the tools they need to do their job. Ask what their supervisor or manager or you can do to help them to continue to develop in their position. Have a space on the form for the team member to add their comments. And of course, a place for their signature and date. Employee signature is not an indication of agreement or disagreement with any issues outlined in this document. If they don't sign, just make a note on the document. And of course, offer them a copy for their records. If you have a team member who scores below expectations in one or more categories, you might consider extending their probationary period for another 30 days. And if you're communicating like you should be, this shouldn't be a surprise. This extension should be noted on the evaluation form with the date of the reevaluation and specifics to achieve the improvement. This does not mean that you can postpone their eligibility for benefits if they would normally be eligible for these benefits, unless your policy specifically states this. However, an extension of a probationary period can sometimes help straighten the path for the team member and set the expectation for what will be necessary to function on this team. Remember, you've probably already invested a lot of time and expense in this hire, and you want this person to be successful. If you're replacing someone instead of filling a new position, the recruiting and hiring process can cost you up to 50 to 60% of the annual salary. So take the time to evaluate with the intention of a long-term professional relationship. Now let's discuss the annual performance evaluations. These should be done timely. They don't have to be done on the exact day of their anniversary, but they should be done within the month. Let's start with the structure first. These evaluations should be objective and based on their actual job tasks and how well they perform those tasks. You can use their job description to create these evaluation forms. List the task and make it a point scoring system. Excellent equals five points. Very good equals four points. 
satisfactory equals three points, needs improvement, one point, and unsatisfactory is zero points. Make sure to have an NA or not applicable in case two people with the same job descriptions don't do exactly everything listed. A perfect score would be a five. If the team member is doing their job, they're most likely scoring satisfactory or three. If they consistently show above average effort and work product, they're likely scoring very good or four. And if you have a really high performer who is consistently going beyond expectations, they will score in the excellent or five area. You add up all these points and divide it by the number of applicable questions to come up with a total score. Have a point scoring system based on behavioral expectations as well. How are their customer service skills? How are their phone skills? How is their attendance? How's their teamwork? Do they follow policies and procedures? Have a section after the point scoring section to ask open-ended questions like, what do you like most about your job? What do you like least about your job? What do you want to be doing in one year or five years? These questions can be very enlightening and something that should be discussed when you have your face-to-face with the team member. This point scoring system can also help if you tie performance evaluations to merit increase or pay raises. A score of 3.5 could equate to an hourly increase of 3.5%. You may have a team member who is at the top of their grade level or pay range for their position, so you can consider giving them a one-time merit bonus based on their score. An example would be a medical assistant who's being paid at, say, $19 per hour, but you don't know what you do without him or her. If they scored a 4.8, you would calculate what that would have been in an hourly increase, which is $0.91. Multiply that by their full-time hours, say $2,080 for a 40-hour-per-week job, and they would receive a one-time bonus of $1,893. Their hourly rate does not increase, but you're showing them how much you value their dedication and hard work. Consider other ways to reward other than a bonus. In my previous podcast, I discussed a billing person who took toll roads to get to work on time, which added up at the end of the month. We paid her tolls to work and back for one year instead of an hourly increase. She was thrilled. Of course, these gifts must be reported as income. If you're going to talk about compensation at the time of the annual evaluation, make sure you do your homework to find out the latest salary ranges for the position in your specific geographical region. There are several resources online. For example, MGMA, Indeed.com, Salary.com, and the U.S. Department of Labor Statistics are all good places to gather this information. This way, you can come prepared and have data outlining your source for the information. Also consider other perks, such as more time off or flexible work days or hours instead of a pay increase. Now back to the structure of the evaluation. Have a section for the employee to do a self-evaluation, which is exactly like the manager evaluation section. This should be given to them before you and or their manager does their version. Their scores will not officially count, but this is a telltale sign if you and the team member are on the same page. When I, as a manager, am more than one or two points different from the team member's score, 
I realize this will be a topic that will require discussion and coaching. I have actually had an employee to whom I returned the first self-evaluation because she scored herself a five on every task. This wasn't how I saw it at all. And I wasn't sure she really gave thought or effort to the evaluation process. Have a section on the evaluation where you detail what they do great, which is behavior you want to encourage, and a section for where there's room for improvement. Have a section to outline their goals and objectives for the coming year. Make sure the goals and objectives are measurable and attainable. Don't set them up for failure. This section can be marked for management only so the team member does not fill it in during their self-evaluation. The following year, you'll discuss whether or not they met those goals and objectives, and if not, why not? Now that the team member has completed and returned their self-evaluation, get input from those who may need to give their insight. For example, the doctors or non-physician practitioners who work directly with the staff member should be asked to contribute. However, they'll probably not know for certain all the aspects of the team member's performance, but their input can be quite helpful and could be something the team member expects or appreciates. I would not really rely on other team members' input, as this could be controversial. So you've got the employee self-evaluation and the other doctors or other key stakeholders' input. Now it's time to complete your section. This should be a compilation of everyone's thoughts. However, you, the team manager, doctor, supervisor, whatever your position is, make the final decision on scoring. Most likely, you know more of the facts and have the best insight into the team member's performance. It's time to deliver the evaluation to the employee. Always start off positive and end on a positive note. You don't want these evaluations to be something they dread. I would take my middle managers out of the office and have lunch at a local restaurant to do their evaluations. They saw this as a real treat. Go through the entire evaluation together and discuss anything that seems to be an area for improvement. Give those pats on the back for how they're hitting it out of the park in certain areas. Take the time to get to know what motivates them. You'd be surprised that it's not always money. Maybe the opportunity to attend a conference or a seminar or more time off or a more flexible work schedule, if that's something the practice can afford to do. Sometimes it's an actual assignment you give them, like creating an employee orientation committee for their department, knowing you trust them to deliver the best work product around. With the open-ended questions you gave them to answer, you may find out that they have their sights set on another position within the practice or continuing education or even leaving the profession. If that's the case, isn't it better to be prepared? Make the intention of the evaluation a motivator for the team member to continue to be a high performer or perhaps for them to advance to the next level. The purpose of these evaluations is not to correct or punish bad behavior, maybe a little redirection, but not for disciplinary action. As I stated earlier, end the evaluation on a positive note, thanking the team member and stating your appreciation for their efforts. And don't forget to ask for their signature. Now let's switch gears and talk about the team member who may not be performing at their normal level 
or at the level necessary and expected of a team member. Have you already discussed the problem with them? Have you provided enough training for this task? If the answer is yes to both questions, it's time to develop a performance improvement coaching strategy for this team member. This is never done at their annual performance evaluation. Performance improvement coaching can be part of or separate from a disciplinary action. We'll talk about disciplinary actions later in this podcast. It is imperative that every team member is treated the same when it comes to policy or performance infractions. And don't ignore the behavior hoping it will go away on its own. It usually doesn't go away, and it actually sets you up for the employee coming back and saying something like, you never said or did anything about this before. Why now? First and foremost, the performance improvement plan should be in writing. On the form, describe the problem being addressed, such as, Susie is not properly completing the lab form when sending out the specimens. Describe how Susie's behavior is impacting the practice workflow and or patient service, such as the lab calls the office daily to ask for demographic information for our patients, or the lab is billing our patients directly, even if the patient has insurance. List measurable improvement goals. In this case, you'll be able to work with the lab to provide a list of patient specimens received without demographic information. Decide if any errors are forgiven or must this behavior completely cease. Give a reasonable time to correct the behavior, immediately in this case, but don't include previous forms sent to the lab before this coaching session. Schedule a follow-up meeting to this coaching session. Two weeks or 30 days would be best. In many cases, this was the only action necessary to put the team member back on track and did not require any formal disciplinary action. If you have a team member who is showing a pattern of tardiness, for example, you can start out with a performance improvement coaching. And if the behavior continues, escalate into a formal disciplinary action. Make sure your disciplinary action form has a space for listing previous disciplinary actions, both dates and infractions. On every performance coaching form and disciplinary action form, I use the words, consequences for not correcting this behavior will result in further disciplinary action up to and including termination. Though you may have a stepped process, you don't want an employee to think, well, I have three more violations before they'll do anything. Some infractions may require immediate termination. Steps I usually recommend are two written warnings, a suspension, and then termination. Though again, you don't have to stick with this stepped process. However, should you decide to terminate, it's best to have everything documented and available should you need it to appeal an unemployment claim or claim of wrongful termination. If you don't apply the rules consistently, you can set yourself up for problems later down the line. With regard to a suspension, I'll usually ask the team member to come back after their suspension with a written plan for how they will improve the behavior and sustain the improvement or give their resignation. This sends a clear message that you can no longer tolerate the behavior. After a suspension would be a termination. Again, you'll want to plan a follow-up meeting regarding this disciplinary action in one week, two weeks, 30 days. If the behavior has improved 
make sure you congratulate the team member for their improvement and their attention to the problem. If it has not, you'll probably need to terminate, but it would likely be before the next scheduled meeting. Make sure you have communicated in your coaching and disciplinary action that the improvement must be sustained. It's great to improve for 30 days, but if they fall back into old habits on the 31st day, this process will need to be restarted or stepped up. I caution you about talking about attitude in a performance coaching or disciplinary action. Attitude can be subjective. Often it's not, but it can be. Instead, focus on the behavior that's causing the problem. An example would be a front desk employee who is negative and brings all the other staff members down. The behavior is what she's doing or saying and not the negative attitude. Sally gossips about team members in another department to her coworkers at the front desk. This creates a hostile work environment and a distrust from her coworkers and disturbs their normal workflow. Or a medical assistant tells a patient that you don't give her enough time off and the patient feels uncomfortable about the conversation and reports it to you. For whatever reason, this employee has a bad attitude, but her behavior is what will need to be addressed and hopefully the attitude will change with open discussion or she will self-select, as they say. Your goal should always be to get your team member to correct their behavior and perform at their highest level. Be compassionate, but be firm about the performance expectations and the necessity to make excellence their focus. Many times you'll find out that what's happening at work is really a byproduct of what's happening at home. Perhaps a spouse is out of work or a child or parent has a problem that's taking their attention and focus. This is where your compassion can come in and help with resources for your team member. You want them to succeed and any help you can give them may produce a grateful and loyal team member. Turnover is expensive, so retaining and retraining is far less costly. Sometimes it's not possible to correct the behavior and we just have to cut our losses and admit it's not a good fit. This should be a time we muster up all of the compassion we have to let them know we are terminating. Document what led to the termination and provide a copy to the team member. Never terminate in anger. Do it in private. Walk them back to their workstation to collect their belongings and don't make it obvious to anyone else on the team. Let them preserve their dignity. The rest of the team will likely agree with the end result and pick up the slack until you have hired a replacement. Organized teams crave structure and they want everyone on the team to have to live by the same rules and the same structure. Otherwise, it can become too chaotic and not at all cohesive. In closing, it's important to address problem behavior right from the beginning so you can set a course correction. It doesn't have to end badly if it's done fairly and based on policies and procedures already in place. As much as possible, take emotion out of the event and focus on the positive impact of correcting the behavior and achieving the goals of the team. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode beneficial. To receive more helpful tips, like and follow TMA Practice Well Podcasts. Until next time, stay well.